welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I've got Mad Eye Moody Eye. <laughs> cool. I'm Chop, and uh, Daka Daka Daka. And this is Potter, and Chain Swords are back. And why are Chain Swords back? Chain Swords are Chris? back because there's a new edition of 40K on the horizon. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about tonight, Chris? I think so, but first, hobby progress. What have you guys been up to? I'll go. Yeah, uh, Chops, what have you been up to? I have been uh, cr- uh, cranking on some Kings of War models, uh, as well as uh, gluing 6mm models to thumb depressors <laughs> to paint them. <laughs> yeah. You guys up in Madison are doing some weird shit right now. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, man. Like, the, like, like <laughs> I feel like what you guys, whatever that is that you guys are working on, I feel like it's equivalent to watching the uh, making of episode one when they're painting little Q-tips to be the crowd for the pod race. Dude, when, when you told me, like, when, so if if we went back, if we went back to like Gen Con 2015, like or 2014, whenever it was that I got back into wargaming, and there was the, it was like the Gen Con I was there, and you were like, you should buy Guild Ball, uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll buy Guild Ball. It, and then I ended up buying it, right? But if you would have told me that day, Kevin, six years from now, you'll be painting six millimeter miniatures, I would have told you to get lost. There's no fucking way. Uh, you you would have been like, you would have been like, fuck you, Netrunner's life, bro. Yeah, I would have been. I, I was playing competitive Netrunner probably at that time too. So wow, that's it's just like what a weird, uh, what a weird world. Uh, but yeah, six millimeter uh, for a game called Hordes of the Things, which we'll probably talk about on the show at some point because it's pretty gangster. Uh, <laughs> but tiniest uh, models ever. Yeah, they're very small. <laughs> they're very small. Yeah, like oh like the size gosh. of half of your pinky nail. They're, <laughs> they're yeah, they're teeny tiny. Uh, I'm too I'm too old to see that. Shit. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is you can get skeleton. You could get skeletons and just spray them with like wraith bone, and then hit them with skeleton horde and be like done, done, <laughs> and then just base them, and they'd be fine. They'd look cool. Uh, All right, yeah. I have to look at it um, literally a little bit closer. <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> but also I've been working on my Kings of War. Uh, I by the end of the month, come hell or high water, I will have six six stands completed. So nice. Six six bases of models completely finished. Very um, nice. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, no. It'll be close to a thousand points. And uh model count wise, let's see, fifteen, thirty, forty-five, sixty, sixty-five, sixty-eight, sixty-nine models. Nice. Ooh, nice. Sixty-nine, dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't even plan it. I was just literally counting in my head the model counts on those bases. Uh, so is that everything you've been up to, man? Poppy wise? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, Paul, what you been doing? Uh I bought a a bunch of Tinker Turf terrain and I'm putting that together. Um I'm continuing working on my infinity stuff. Um I d I I don't think the last time we got together, I don't think I had done the contrast on my o12 yet no so that's happening i am contrasting o12 they're pretty awesome i'm using the uh pterodon turquoise and the griff hound orange combination that we had talked Ooh, about that's yeah, a good color combo chops. yeah yeah um yeah and they're coming out really awesome really liking them really getting uh doing my combined army in a more traditional paint way uh and they've been they've been getting really good so that's that's been really exciting 
Uh, I'm now up to seven or eight models done with, I think, nine and ten in progress. Very nice. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, but that's that's the combined, so that's the, the one that's taking longer. Uh, 012, I have two complete. Uh, Gamma Boy and Delta Boy, so pretty good models done. Very nice. How about you, Chris? What have you been up to? Uh... Not much, actually. Uh, I've actually been more finally taking the dive into the contrast painting. Um, so all the the top the conversations about um, Simon and, and A Song of Ice and Fire getting some new models and seeing the new stuff coming out for Starks uh, has got me kind of thinking of looking at my Starks again. So I went out and grabbed a bunch of contrast paint to start working on those, but... The weather here lately has been garbage for me to go out and do some priming and use Chops's super secret pre-shading technique you get, we talked about on the show. Don't you ha- don't you have Vallejo primer? Yeah, but the the base paint of it is the uh, Rust-Oleum flat primer, so I need to take it outside and hit it up with that first. Yeah, you can always just do the Vallejo and then pre-shade the Vallejo. It's probably fine. But I thought about if it. You want, if you want the deepest, deepest shadows, you got to do the the pre-spray too. Yeah, and with me going with a different, uh, a lighter color scheme than what I was doing with traditional paints, uh, with the contrast paints, I think I want those deeper shadows because there's a lot of you know cloaks and tabards and stuff like that in, in this game. So I want those for the cloth. Sure, sure. So that's kind of been what I've been been doing um i don't think i've built anything or nothing i've just been waiting for all my new infinity stuff to come in uh this holiday is screwing me and making it so my stuff's coming on tuesday instead of tomorrow i just do yeah so i'm waiting for i bought more infinity stuff just waiting for it to get here so i can build it cool and eventually when when discount games actually gets their full shipment then you'll get the culture i know yes and i can't wait to open that up and and dissect it and talk about it yeah i'm i'm looking forward to having like a code one episode where we've all actually played some games that'll be cool yeah i mean i definitely want it looking at i think potentially one of our gaming stores might be opening up a play space here in the next two three weeks so and hopefully things are a bit safer by that point in time for us to get out and play neat very cool it's going to be longer for us uh this the county we live in basically there's a county ordinance now that like uh gatherings of a hundred or more people are uh, officially canceled until there's a vaccine or reliable herd immunity and tracking yeah they don't play because of the university being here and people coming in internationally like we have a large international we have like a you know like a top 20 law school a top 20 medical school it's just like Ugh, you know, ultra, ultra cautious with the international crowd that comes in for the school. So makes sense. Yeah, that's us, too. But they just don't give a shit. It's North Carolina. Right. I was like, because we've got it. You're like in the research triangle. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like every everything you just described is us. Right. I mean, because we have we have top twenty medical schools, we have yeah, top Duke, twenty law schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got Duke, yeah. we got Duke, UNC, NC State. We have an we have an international airport that's like two seconds from my house. Yeah, for sure. Like for Paul sure. and I both live in the flight line of the airport. Yep. Yeah, I don't yep. know why I don't know why I didn't think about that until just now. That was pretty uh, Madison centric of me, but yeah, it's also true for you guys. Yeah. So, but yeah, there there our our county was just like uh, follow what the state said. So. All right, so let's talk about news. I have uh, three items of news. 
Um, All right, what you got for us, newscaster Kevin? First, Relic Blade Kickstarter, June 1st. Uh, Two-player starter kit, eight models, uh, basic rules, and tokens and things you need to play for $85. For $100, you get a a hardcover copy of The Seeker's Handbook, which is the full, it's rule book and campaign rules. Uh, so it's it's more than just like your standard rule book. It's got a lot more than that. It's a deeper, deeper dive. Uh, but yeah, hundred bucks for that. So that's everything you need for two people to play. You get one model from each of the eight sub factions. Uh, it's just a hell of a thing, and you should look out for that June one. Uh, also, we've got the Ulaya Chronicles still going on for another week. When you hear this uh, podcast, so if you haven't uh, pitched in for some dinos yet. Go and visit that Kickstarter and think about it. Uh, and the third one for hey, you... Hey, Kevin, real quick before you yeah. get off of that, what's the exact date that that ends? Boy, I would have should have looked that up before we started. I think it's May 30. Okay. Okay, so it's like Six that one days. ends and then like the next day, so it would be Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be, it's, 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 it is that Sunday, May, Sunday, Sunday, May 30. Okay, that one will cool. end and then the, the Relic Blade one will be the next day. So hope you awesome. have some money. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, and the last bit of news for you sports fans out there, uh, Madison has a, a soccer team that's famous on Twitter, uh, the Forward Madison FC, whose uh, mascot Go Flamingo is a yeah is a is a flamingo. So uh, and there's some great. I'll let you find the flamingo memes, dear listeners. But know that their new kits came out, and if you like soccer jerseys, their new away soccer kit is one of the best soccer kits I've ever seen. So if you want to go get a jersey, support our local uh, sub 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 pro <laughs> uh, <laughs> soccer team. They're awesome, though. Uh, you should definitely go check out the Madison Forward FC website and buy a jersey from them because they need support in this time of uh, not playing sports. <laughs> And I, I totally love your code switching between jersey and kit. That was amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's what happens when you're when you grow up in 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 the Americanness, right? That's, right? that's yeah. right. That's right. And and have a Premier League team that you support, and then you know get both languages. Yeah, on there. I, I have yep. no idea what the hell you guys are talking about right now. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, soccer jerseys, Paul. Soccer jerseys. Okay, so yes. Uh, and the new soccer jersey for the Madison Forward Flamingos is bright blue and pink and oh, fucking I, rules. I saw it on the on the Discord. I definitely saw that. I just don't know what the difference between a jersey and a kit is, I guess. Nothing. Yeah, it's just, it's just, <laughs> That's why it's nomen- code switching. Yeah, it's, it's just nomenclature. Yep, for sure. Gotcha. All right, but that's the news. And that's 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 been Sports Ball with Kevin. Uh <laughs> We really need to get some sound clips to insert into <laughs> Kevin's well, news. If, if we keep doing news like this, I will definitely invest the time. I'm, in I'm wondering. I wonder how much like NBC would sue us if we put like the weekend update sound bite in in the front, or just have oh. me with my like me in a mic go da na na like before we <laughs> do something. I love it. I, I love it. The, I don't know if ESPN has the just general da na na patented or not or trademark. you know what they're owned I'm by sure disney they, they most likely do i'm sure they do yeah i'm sure they do yeah, it's, like, not, it's like yeah it's like the nbc chimes right you can't fuck with that unless you want to get cease and desisted right comcast <laughs> will be all over your ass on that one mm-hmm. 
Oh man! All anyway. right. So what? So so main topic. What's going on? So yeah, we're basically recording off schedule. Uh, we were gonna. We had a different thing that we were gonna record on a Monday, and we're instead recording on a Sunday. Because Games Workshop went ahead and revealed Warhammer 40k 9th edition yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and we Ninth thought we should edition. probably talk about it. So I let, don't know let's, why. Well, let's let's clear let's clear some stuff out, right? Like the first thing is none of the three of us are 40k experts. Like we all, I think it's safe to say all of us were really excited about Eighth Edition. We all really tried to get into it for about two weeks, and we're like, "Must fucking sucks," and then went back to the games we normally played. Right? Is that about accurate? That's pretty close uh, to accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fun for a bit. And then it got all GWE. Yeah, I mean, pretty, I tried. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, bought, I, I probably spent $390 on oh. Adeptus Custodes. That's fine. They were really fun to paint. I've got half of the 2,600 points, give or take, that I have painted. Um, and, you know, I would still like to play with them if they weren't total shit on the tabletop. Uh, without, like, being gamey and, you know, taking a bunch of Imperial Guard with them. We'll get to that. But... Uh, I, I, I think I like the idea of 40K a lot more than playing 40K. I'll say that. I would agree with that to a point, yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I'll say is that, like, I from that perspective, if you want, like, the hard-hitting, uh, really good, insightful take on 40K, this is not the podcast for you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, wait, wait a second i like to think that we're insightful oh yeah insightful but maybe not maybe not on the the mechanics we're, uh, we're and not what the 40k experts yeah we're, we're not gonna we're not in the game this is an outsider yes that's yeah, we're, correct. You're not, we're, we're not gonna you... be able to construct your list for you and everything else like that yeah but we're gonna we're gonna be able to provide some, some insight into what it looks like from the I, I think we play pretty much in the other than gw playground like most of us, I mean, we, I mean, I play Warcry a little, but outside of that, we don't play Games Workshop games at all. I mean, it's been uh, years, years since I've played a GW game. So at this point in time, I think. Yeah. But, 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 but it's big news, right? They're the industry leader by a wide margin. Like it's not even fucking close. Um, so it's worth us taking the time to talk about Ninth Edition. And I think what I want to do is I want to talk about what they told us so far as of Sunday, May 24th, uh, and give our impressions of what they've told us and then end with what it would take for us to ever consider playing this edition of 40K at all. Okay. I have a great answer for that, but okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Wait, wait, right? wait, 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 wait. Let, let's get this done first. Paul, which one of us gets to be the curmudgeon on this episode? All three. You all do. Three. This is yours. All, all right. right. This yeah. Is, this is, this is, this is going to be a full, full on curmudgeon. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm me, right? So I have, I have some levels of excitement, but also a lot of reservation. Like if I could play the, the who's won't get fooled again right now, we would be playing that before we started. Right. Cause like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to let them make me sink a bunch of money into a game system again um, without knowing a little bit more than what we know now, for sure. Um, well, but here, here's the thing, though, Potter. This is this is the day you've been waiting for. It this has is the been. day you get to go full mudgeon. Full mudgeon. This is, and and the, I would say that this is the only game I probably would ever do that with, actually. Yeah. So feel free to go full mudgeon on this. I will. I will. All right. All right. Cue some kind of intro music and go.
the first thing is have you guys have have all three of us watched the trailer god i hope you guys watch i've the watched trailer. the trailer oh, yeah, i've yeah, watched yeah. the I trailers watched, i watched everything they made that i knew of Okay. I tried to find the live stream after the fact and couldn't, so All right. I watched everything that I could find. Well, That's it's because fair. GW locks it behind a paywall bot like they do everything else after a short period of time, so... Oh, I had no idea they do that. I don't know yeah, every, do every, that Oh, no, everything on their Twitch, if you aren't subscribed and paying, you can't watch after, like, X time. It goes behind a paywall. Weird. All right, oh, well... Yeah. But let, let's get into... So the trailer starts really cool, right? It's like... Ooh, grim dark. Yeah, and then like some Necrons come out and they like melt an Imperial Guardsman in the face. Was it a uh, Space Marine eating a Slim Jim? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wasn't sure if it was that or if it was the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> it could have been either one. I'm not good at voices, uh, but but <laughs> ooh, snapping into a tyranny. <laughs> Anyway, guys, circle back. Let's let's try and get some impressions here. The trailer. You see a Imperial <laughs> that Guardsman. That was my macho man. <laughs> Imperial Guardsman gets melted by a Goss rifle. A sister of battle gets all grim dark and then she gets her arm shot and she prays to the Emperor and heals a little bit and then a fucking space marine comes in and stabs a Necron through the chest and With a chain like sword. A, with a chain sword and there's like a big battle and all sorts of shit and this Primaris Marine gets eaten by a bunch of scarabs and there's all kinds of scary Necrons and it's like only war, Warhammer 40k, and there's a new logo that's off center and you're like, whoa, 40k. <laughs> Uh, so, so it's not. So it's not just me that saw that. No, it's like, every oh, no, dude, dude. It is no. a me- it's a meme on Twitter and Facebook right now. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, it's not centered over the Aquila and the R. The R actually literally breaks the barrier of the logo. It's. That's what I. That's what I, was, I, I knew it was off and wrong. Yeah, and my sister-in-law works in graphic design professionally, and I almost sent it to her. Like, can you believe <laughs> that this is from a professional company? Like, god damn. I mean, I'm not gonna nitpick the logo. The logo itself looks cool. I like the like retro look of the Aquila in the font. Like, it very much harkens back to like yeah, first Ed 40k. It's uh, yeah. I like I like it. It's just. It's a little off center. It's not a it's not a good look when you're launching a new edition of the game and your logo is just yeah. If if you're OCD, don't look at it. Just just stay away. It makes it look a little rushed. Yeah, if you have ever dealt in web design, it's the first thing you saw, right? Like (laughs) if you've ever done any web design at all, the first thing you saw was oh that logo is off center. But whatever, right? It is what it is. 40k new edition. I will say this: after I watched that trailer, after I saw the trailer, I was like, woo! Like it was rad. I don't know how you guys felt but i on the strength of the trailer like what i said on i mean i made a facebook post that said if the gameplay made me feel like i do watching this trailer 40k is the only game i would ever play like i thought the trailer was dope and i think paul's response to that facebook post was the most accurate thing i saw was everything in that trailer is infinity gameplay (laughs) yep yeah, it's pretty Well, here, here's the thing. Like, that, what, what that trailer actually did for me, it didn't make me excited for a 40K game. Like, I need a TV show now. Yes. Like, I need 40K The Clone Wars kind of thing. Put yes. Put Dave Filoni in charge of it. Let him go crazy on some, ooh, Grimdark. And 
off we go. Like, I'd be all over that. That is I'd, that no, is exactly... Cancel the game. Spend all the money you would have spent on the game and designing models. Make a fucking TV show. I'm there. That's exactly yeah. how I felt, too. was like, this would be great if this is, like, a animated television show going on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim for adults and blowing things up and chopping orcs' heads off and chaos coming in with tentacles and going places they shouldn't go. And it's, yes, give me that. That's what that trailer did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, All right. yeah. Like like that. Yeah. That was, it got that me was, hyped. That was my it got me so hyped got, for the 40k world, not the so game. We we got a triple sploosh for the trailer, but now let's <laughs> let's get into <laughs> let's get into the badness here. Uh, so the, 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 the badness th- is that it's 40k. Hold on, guys, 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 guys. The, let's. All right. So the next thing I want to do, I want to break down the nine things you know video. Um, so the next thing that they did on the stream, they, you know, how they do these, if you haven't watched one of these games workshop things yet is they, they show you something. They do like a sizzle reel for like 30 seconds. And then some games workshop employees come on and talk for like 15 minutes about what you just saw. And then they show you another piece of sizzle. Uh, so one of the other sizzly things that they showed on this webcast was nine things you need to know about the new edition of 40 K. And most of this 30, this three minute clip was like, I think basically all the inferences you could gain about what was coming. Like they, they showed this three minutes, they talked about it for 15 minutes and they moved on. But in that like 17 or 18 minute time period, that's when I think we got the most, uh, like uh insight as to what ninth edition is going to be like and before before we go into that i just want to let's talk logo again did you guys catch the shade they were throwing at at warlord games in that logo no dude the the logo colors are the colors and almost the font from warlord games actually it looked for me it looked more riot questy to me no 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 maybe maybe the the letter shapes but the coloring with right. the red on top fading down into an orange and a white, it's Warlord Games. That's pretty Throwing interesting. Shade. Yeah, that Being is like, some... hey, we're taking back these colors. That is some shade. It'll be it'll be copywritten by the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I I noticed that, and like now I want now I want to keep like watching Warlord Games to see if they throw something back. Well, I mean, we we could talk about the fact that Mantic threw some major shade because two days before this announcement, J- Games Workshop announced a price hike on like I don't know, like a fifth of their entire inventory. Mm-hmm. And then Mantic was like, "Hey, we have price adjustments coming, guys. Everything is fifteen percent off for the next sixty days." <laughs> and also, also, it's not a price hike; it's a price realignment. Yeah, right. Whatever. Well, uh, I. Trust me, we're going to talk about that. Let's go. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the, the nine things you need to know about 40K. Or this yep. is going to take us all night. Uh, so the first the first thing, they innovated and polished based on a thousands of hours of play. I don't remember exactly the header to this section of the thing, but it's basically like Warhammer Perfected was kind of like the the splash they put up on the screen. They didn't yeah. really get into this at all, other than the fact that they said, like, you know, they've they've got thousands of hours of playtesting in 8th edition and tons of, of tournament results because I think they've been working with the ITC, uh, which is the, the tournament system, like the international tournament system for mm-hmm. uh, 40K to get, uh, real data on who's winning, what lists are winning, at what tournaments, you know, what what the standings are and all that stuff, and and what missions are being played. And I think what we can infer from this, especially since they one of the people they brought on to talk about some of this was the CEO of Nova, 
Uh, and it sounds like the ITC and Nova style missions are going to be the book missions for 40K 9th edition. And the design goal specifically was that instead of having like pockets of metas where everybody's playing the missions that are, you know, written by the people that are writing the, the the missions for the big tournaments. Now they're expecting that everyone will be using the stuff that Games Workshop provides because Games Workshop is actually consulting with the people who write those. You, you know, like every other game really does for their tournaments. Yeah, know, Since like the beginning of the century. Yeah, like Corvus Belly, especially, right? Uh, Privateer um, Press, Malif or Weird. Press, yeah, Weird, right? Everyone does it. Uh, so they're they're just catching up a little bit there, but I think it it says something that they're actually consulting with the guys who run Nova and LT and uh, uh, Las Vegas Open. Um, the the guys over at Frontline Gaming, right? Exactly for mission design, and I, I think that was the main thing we could get out of this polish is that the the rules are going to be uh, they're going to they're I think what they were trying to say in this section is that they're going to be refining and making the things that didn't work about eighth edition work better uh and also designing missions to have a cohesive worldwide meta that's a good idea uh, I mean, yeah I, yeah i think it's good this to me like obviously it's just like them talking until we see it and i i can can't even count on two hands the amount of times i've been like oh games workshop is moving in the right direction and then i read something and i'm like oh they almost made it they were so close i mean how many times did we say that with eighth edition but i i mean yeah. again i look i'm gonna be very critical of gw in this uh, during, during this podcast but i also want to give them credit where credit is due and every time that they do something smart like this I will give them credit for that. Like, I'm, it's good for them doing this. Yes, they're about 18 years behind the curve, but at least they're finally moving forward when it comes to putting out decent, good scenarios and, and, and objectives for you to be playing the games towards because too many of the of, of the stock missions that have come in uh, for the, over the past, what, four, five editions have just been garbage. Yeah. And what's really mm -hmm. interesting about that, though, and, and maybe this is a way they approached it, but the the missions for Age of Sigmar have always been really good. Really mm -hmm. good. Right? They have but been. The ones that, but, but, which is amazing that that's coming out of the same company that's making the shit missions that are coming in these generic but 40K. But the thing you have to remember, Paul, is that for, like, AOS, since AOS started has been the test bed for 40k rules. Yes. Oh, no, no, I which I which I totally understand. But yeah. even but you know, it's just, it's just like really like you can't even put stuff out like later that's good. It just seems like everything yeah. was just just terrible. I think well, what they do because 40k is their flagship, they test little changes in all their other games, Warcry, Apocalypse, like uh right. uh, Titanicus, all Necromunda, like all these games are test beds for what they're going to be putting into 40k. And that's, a, I mean, that's what they've always done. Like, yeah. that's nothing new, you know? It was, it, Warhammer Fantasy was always a testbed for, for what's going to come up in 40K, and, and for a while it was a little bit of each. But, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's just kind of what they do. Here's, here's my hesitancy with this, though. Like, it's very vague what they're saying they did, uh, which makes me nervous because the last time that there was vague bragging about all the testing done... It was three years of testing that Privateer Press did to get to mm -hmm. Mark III, and Mark III came out completely shit. You said it before I could. That was exactly so, what and, I was going to say. And I mean, say. that's that's 
Yeah, and that's I mean that's not necessarily GW's fault. I'm looking at it from another you know it's it's another company that did it. But let's face it, GW doesn't exactly have the best rep for that type of stuff, and it it may it I'm I'm really cautious on it because like I said, it it the last time I heard that type of brag, it didn't go well. Yeah, well we'll get into these other eight things, right? And so, I think some of the changes they're talking about, like some of the things that are the innovations in polish, they hit on as we move forward down the list. So let's get to the next one. Uh, the next one they talk about is the crusade system. And the crusade system is what sounds like going to be the, the main way to do narrative gameplay. Um, and like, uh, I think you, you said it best there, Paul, that AOS has had good missions. AOS has always had good campaign play too, because yeah, triumph, and, triumph and treachery has always been available. Um, and they've done really good supplements for Age of Sigmar for, for campaign style play, like, uh, Malign Portance is a really good example. Yeah. It sounds like they're taking lessons learned and they're going to have a good campaign system built into the core rule book. Uh, cool. Right. I, I think there's a lot of people who prefer to play narrative based games. Um, and I think if I ever played 40 K, I would never want to play a competitive game of 40 K. I would want to play fluffy stuff. So a crusade system might be geared more toward people like me. Um, but I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, I mean, I, I have a challenge when it comes to the, any, any, this is any game system. So this isn't a 40 K generic or centric uh, comment, but for me, Anything that's got like a like a level up system where you get rewards at the end of the game and you you got models that can get better and going through outside of things like Mordheim where that game is built for that or like D and D or or things like that like it's I don't I it's not something that attracts me into a miniatures game. Man, I can't wait to talk to you about Relic Blade, Chris. Oh, that game is gonna turn your insides out. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'll, here's the thing. I'm with Chris on that, and I think I've talked about this on the show before. But I, I, I just have issues with like post game accounting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, it drives me nuts. Like yeah. absolutely drives me nuts. It's like I just want to pack up and go home. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> now again, unless unless it's a, I'm going in to play the the game as a whole. A la Mordheim, D and D, Pathfinder, games like that, where that is the the point of the game, the whole game. That I'm fine with it. But whereas like 40k, War Machine, Infinity, or anything else like that, where it's that's not a, the the core point of the game. This is just another way for you to play. Right. And, I'm, and it's great that it's out there for people that enjoy that because I know there's a lot of people in, in our meta and in other metas that enjoy those aspects of the game. So I'm glad that GW is putting that out there for those players, and I hope they do it right. Like you said, Age of Sigmar has been very successful in it. We had, before the pandemic and everything, we had in our local shop, there was a Age of Sigmar campaign going on, doing the exact same thing from the, from the newest mission set. So I know it is uh, popular and I'm glad they're doing oh, yeah. it just yeah, not for me and, triumph and treachery is really popular the the narrative way yeah. to play AOS. and i've got i've got two guys that work for me or work with me um they play the age of sigmar and they were in the campaign and they had nothing but good things to say and i and i will say this if it weren't for my issues with gw as a company i would still own and i would still try and play age of sigmar games age of sigmar to me is a fantastic game i thoroughly enjoy it with the new magic system they put in with age of sigmar 2.0 was baller and i loved it and i would love to play more of it and just have issues with the company all right so that's the crusade system paul did you have anything you wanted to add other than the don't like post-game accounting probably not for you no i i i 
Yeah, I I just wonder like like if if it was kind of how um, Chris said if I was really into I don't know like I even with even with leagues um, I tend to lose interest after a week or two so. Yeah, um, and that's this a is what, for and me we'll, too. again, you know, I'm going to save the relic blade talk for the relic blade thing, but I think you'd love stuff like campaign in a day play. I think you'd like it more in that setting, but Prob- you're probably right. Like just to just to knock it out, yeah, without because because part of it is that then I feel obligated to play, and I never want to feel like obligated. obligated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas if you sat down and you were going to play in an event that was eight hours and was like five or six games, there, you know, you you mind less, right? Right. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, too, like how I'm playing Chain of Command kind of linked games, mm-hmm. um, you know, granted that doesn't have the post-game accounting, but I've really been enjoying that because it's casual gathering. So maybe, sure. you know, maybe that, that approach to this would be, would be good, but who knows? Cool. Who knows? All right. So. Well, let's, let's talk about the first big thing that they said yeah. in this video, which is they talked about more CP. Right. Everyone starts with more. And the tagline they said was, except expect less soup and more super soldiers. Uh, And what they talked about afterwards is that CP allotment will be based on point size for the game rather than force construction. A number one, that's awesome, because that makes it sound like uh, elite armies will be in a better position right off the bat. Uh, but they also mentioned one of the bombs they dropped was that the allies are purchased with your CP. So if you want to have combined arms, so if you want to bring uh, multiple Imperium or multiple Chaos factions, you have to purchase them with CP. I'm on board with that change 100%. Yeah, I've I've always been like opposed to the whole Mercs thing in pretty much any game because I feel like factions are, are meant to have weaknesses, and if you can just plug them without cost... That defeats the purpose. Yeah, I mean, the keyword system, I think, was a, a good way in the beginning to try and stop it. But because there was no limitation on the keyword, like command points, you have to have it. Or like in Malifaux, where you double the point cost of something, um, the, the these lists got out of hand. I mean, you were running around with Space Marine armies, and the only Space Marine in the army was Gulliman, and everything else was several different type of Imperium models. And that, but they were using, but they got to use spit, Space Marine special rules because they were a Space Marine army. Like, right? You have like one some, some Space some Marine, sma- a bunch of Smash captains and a knight. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Like it was like a smash captains, a knight, and then 32 guardsmen. <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. Like what it, it, what it, what it, what it reminds me of is actually season one of guild ball where you could have Midas and an entire team of union, but be playing as right. you know, the alchemist a hundred percent or, or back in the day of war machine Mark one, where you had Kane in your, in your signal army as your warcaster and one Jack. And then everything else was Mercs. Right. So we, the, the, main, the main thing is we don't like that. Right. And this yeah. change seems to try and address that. And I think uh, this is the second most exciting thing to me that they announced in these nine. Uh, I think this is the, a huge change and something that when we talk about things that would get me more into the game, fixing the CP and making it so that mono build lists are more viable is one of my things. Right. That's a big sticking point for me. So yeah. being able to build thematic mono builds, uh, that's exciting to me, and I'm into it. Yep. Yep. I, I, I'm I 100% behind that as well. Um, and, and I mean, that, that allows you to be a little more willy-nilly with your CP, right? So you're getting more of them, but you're, you're able to use them in list building um, 
or you know you can hoard them to because you know your you use your stratagems right pat- yeah, yeah. yeah yeah exactly You've got- your opponent has patched the holes in their build but you have more opportunities for that that big Going. Yeah, and the, and the, you know the the big thing is that like elite armies were double punished, right? Because right. a they couldn't get the CPs they needed uh, to do like any pregame stuff, and then like, the other thing is like the stratagems that they might want to use, they can't use as many of them. Where like these other lists that are just bringing really cheesy bullshit had more access and could spend more command points on stratagems, and it just it was like super punishing on mono build lists. Yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 a resource that's now going to be able to do more things in the game, so it makes sense for you to get more. I'm on board yep. with it. Yep. I like it. I like it. Uh, so the next big change. Tanks can shoot in combat. Guys, all I want to say is, is like, thank god right that was one of the dumbest broken rules yeah. in the game so just i don't i don't want to dwell on it but like uh thank god that they fixed it and then also part of my like conspiracy brain is like i wonder if they were selling less tanks <laughs> absolutely uh there were a couple things where my conspiracy brain went oh this is the kind of stuff that's either either really strong right now and people have bought a lot of so they're they don't want to restock so they're they're making them worse in game uh, and this is the stuff that they've they've had laying around. Um, so I, I I definitely thought that right along with you, Kev, was mm-hmm. that oh man, people aren't buying tanks, and people aren't buying tanks. No, right? they're like, not. Like you look at a forty k game, there's no tanks on the board. And they so why just, the hell play forty k if you're not going to? Well, the, and they, like, that's and they, half the point. Hey, and they just released an army with three badass tanks, right? The sisters' tanks are awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You get yeah, they probably it's, they probably looked insane. at like seventh edition when every Space Marine player had like eighteen hundred Razorbacks because of the fact that that was the only way to play Space Marines optimal. And then they bring out a new edition, and then tanks are garbage. Well, uh, yeah, and I mean, well, that's the thing though, right? That's that's always be the, been the mo. Every every edition, whatever's bad gets good, and whatever's good gets so shitty nobody buys it anymore. But another thing you also have to remember is that no matter what Games Workshop does, the second they release a list, because there because there's so much model bloat in this game, there's no way they can account for everything. So someone's gonna find some broken shit right off the bat, right? Oh, hundred percent. Like, that's just like a thing you have to think of. Like you have the, the the fact that nobody's playing tanks. Like you just have to imagine that as soon as they release this thing, someone's gonna find the next bullshit wonky thing. Yeah, um, we're gonna see we're gonna see guard good. tank armies winning again, which but is the, fine. But the but the thing but the thing is though, Kevin, right? It's like it's not just that somebody's finding it. It feels like they put it in there for somebody to find to sell models, right? Yeah. Oh, it yeah, is. That's, it is. That's just, you know what I mean? Like 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 if it if it's just like oh shit, I found this crazy combination like happens so many times in say War Machine or or Malifaux, you know, and the designers are like oh shit and nerf it you know like like that's not working as intended so they fix it whereas it feels like with gw it's like yep we're selling the shit out of our tanks now right everything's working as intended uh, okay the thing that i want them to do right and this is gonna well you know i'm gonna save it i'm gonna save it but yeah that that's the tanks and again tanks can shoot in combat yeah just (laughs) i'll just put this point we can move on gw themselves have said that they are a model company that yeah. is what their primary sources of income is. That's what they do. They are a model company. They have rules to basically sell models. So, of course, yeah. all their rules are going to be built in such a way to move product off the shelf. And that's how everybody has to look at it. That's what they're there for, to sell models. They don't care about the game. Dude, it's, a, it's an Ouroboros. They're a model and book company. 
the books sell the models and the models sell the books, right? It's just like, eh, yep. Eh, yeah, so, so, so here's the, here's the thing though, is that, you know, the whole point of, well, maybe not the whole point, but it felt like one of the points of eighth edition with the new CEO was to get rid of that mindset. Um, no, I hope so. And, 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 you know what I mean? But, but, it, but, uh, but I feel like, I feel like this is kind of like, Hey, look, this is a thing that we're doing and we're just going to brag about it in a good way. So this way, I mean, I mean, yeah, there's, their model, every every company that makes a game and makes models needs to sell models. I'm not denying that, right? But it just feels like it's not about balance. It's 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 not. Their they their their rules are not about balance. Their rules are about selling product. They're, the only reason they have rules in their game is so you have something to do with the models when you buy them. That's it. I mean, the, I, I think I, I mean, I hear you guys. Right. I do. And I don't I don't necessarily think that you're wrong. But I also think that if that was 100 percent infallibly true, that 40K wouldn't be the most played tournament miniatures game. But uh, but is it the most? But I'm, I'm going to have to just dis- right. have to disagree with you on that, because there are a lot of people in 40K who will continue playing 40K regardless correct regardless and they will keep playing because they're attached to the the fluff I, I i mean i don't i don't understand it but yeah i mean they're they're for whatever reason it's just an attachment to it and you can tell them hey look there's all these games out there that are better and the company you know yeah they're still out there to sell models but they at least make you feel like they appreciate your business mm-hmm. and they'll be like yeah but it's not 40k Right, and there the thing is, is how much how much of it is that it's the the largest played game in turn in the tournament setting because of the fact that it's been around the longest, and it's got because it's and it's got that large player base because it's been around for so long, and because exactly what Paul said, there are so many people that play 40k that when you mention a different game to them, it's like it doesn't exist. Right, if they it's think not... it's like a it's it's like poor man's forty k. Correct, right? I get it. Every... I get it. It's like it's like dealing with Magic players, right? Like Magic isn't yep. the isn't the best card game. It hasn't been the best card game in a long time. But it's still uh, king. It's still the most popular, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and again, I but I that worked... doesn't mean Magic is bad. Right, right? and I... that doesn't mean that forty k is bad either. I mean, I worked for the company, so I've seen this firsthand. When I worked for the company in the store where after hours we would go play war machine or on our days off, we would go play war machine. And then someone happened to see like in my backpack, as I was leaving a box of war machine stuff that I had bought and there were, and I get accosted because I'm a GW employee playing a different game. And how dare I? Wow. That's crazy. And all right, I, I, I get it. I do. Uh, but I want to move on from tanks and selling tanks as models. All right. So the next thing is the terrain rules. They they basically said that the terrain rules were erased and built from scratch, uh, which great because everything that I understand from listening to some 40 K podcasts and like listening to 40 K players talk is that terrain in eighth edition is almost not even worth. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter at all. It just gives you a plus one armor save and that's about it. Yeah, it does nothing, and for the most part, people don't even use it. Which, if if you're thinking about the like the way that I play miniatures games, that's like it's almost offensive to me that terrain makes no difference because part of the hobby to me is building terrain and and making beautiful tables, and having the beautiful tables and terrain matter in the game that you're playing. Um, yeah, like how do you get immersed in the game 
if you if you have no terrain. It's like at that point, isn't it like you might as well pitch battle with nothing like, in between you? Yeah, but you might as well just like have it look like the Matrix. You know what I mean? Just like a bunch of sure. ones and zeros. Right, right. But the the thing that they've you know they gave a couple examples. One of the things they said was. Uh, you can actually defend buildings and gain bonuses while you're defending structures. So I want to read those rules, but that sounds cool. Um, especially if you're going to have a squad-based game. That's a pretty cool touch, depending on how they write those rules. They, I, I, I can already imagine some neat stuff they could do. Uh, the other thing was they said sneak around using LOS blocking terrain. Uh, hell yeah. Um, that means like there can be more room for models like gene stealers to feel like gene stealers. Um, so I'm down for that big time. Uh, obviously they didn't give any specific rules, so we have to see what these rules actually say and what the exact wording on the terrain rules are. But I think rebuilding the terrain rules is a thing they had to do. Yeah, absolutely essential. Yep. Agreed. Cause you need to, you need terrain to matter. Especially, especially if you're setting your game in such a such a far distant future, you need that represented on on the tabletop. Yeah, you man. Just do. And if you think you about city fights, right? Just as an example, like think about real world city fights. Uh, like I'll bring oh, it doesn't there's real examples that maybe you can come up with all kinds of stuff, right? Like think about uh, Paris or mm-hmm. think about like Fallujah, right? Like city fighting, like the the actual place you're fighting, the it matters. And so terrain has to matter. Uh, and I, I think that, that that's the only point I want to make, right, is that they, need, they needed to make the terrain rules actually reflect the battlefield. And I'm glad it sounds like they're at least going to try. Yep. So speaking of City Fight real quick, do you guys remember that expansion in 4th edition? Yes, I do. Yes. That's why I brought that it up by name. That shit was the bomb. Yep. That shit was the bomb. It was a very like, good. I would love to see something, you know, specific. And they could, they could do that, right? Like, like have different types of environments and different special rules for those types of environments. Yep. That would be cool. Yep. Especially if you're doing, especially if you're doing a narrative uh, yes. type of campaign. Yes. You could, you could be like, all right, well we fought on this, you know, we fought on Tatooine desert and we had these special rules for it. Now we're, now we're on frozen Hoth. Now we're going to yep. have these special rules because it's cold as shit and there's Wampas yep. running around. And yep. now we're on a dark Eldar death world, right. Or whatever. Like there's just like, so well, many you using the proper uh, <laughs> Termino- <IP>. terminology. <laughs> so there's just like lots of oh yeah oh what is it Drukari? Who cares? Uh, the, well, no, he's talking about the fact that he was saying for, we're talking 40k and he kept using Star Wars references. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's a good point. Uh, but I, I just, I think it's um, it's good to have good terrain rules. Like and, and the fact that that the terrain rules were for shit in in eighth edition, I'm glad they're fixing them. All right, and so now we're gonna get to my favorite thing that they said, uh, because this is what let like set my speculative brain on fire. Like it was hard for me to like dig out mechanics from the vagueness of what they said. And this next one was actually pretty vague too. But honestly, you have to let your imagination run a little bit rampant because of the way that scaling works in games like this. And so the next thing was 40 K at every size of game. And they said from lunch break combat to games, including your entire collection, we have balanced to the scales. So I'm very curious as to what that means, but I, I think that there are some pretty big clues as to what that means. If we look at recent 
game development by Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, if we look at the new version of Apocalypse and we look at uh, like Warcry. Wartime or, Kill Team. Yeah. So the two the two things that I see being possible based on this, because you can't you can't have I go you go full I go you go the way that 40k exists now and have it work with patrol size like 750 point games all the way up to battalion 2000 point games. It just does it, it, not it never work. has worked. It's yeah. never worked. It doesn't work. It can't work because of the way that the combat works in this game. It just can't work because too much of your force can get wiped off the map in a single player's turn in patrol just doesn't work. Right. And so when they say they've balanced the scales and the pictures that they showed, it really looked like a person leaning over a kill team sized board. Like it was a, it was oblong. It looked about, you know, like shoulder width, like, and you know, like a full arm length across, which is that 24 by 32, kill team board and then the other one looked like a six by four and Mm -hmm. i think the only way that they do this well the two ways they do it by either having alternating activations please god let that be the way or having uh casualty accounting at the end of round i think those are the two ways that they they do this balancing of the scales uh otherwise they have to go into things that are like at this point scale force construction is done this way at this point scale force construction is done this way so like to me my brain is why would they write uh multiple why would they write multiple army building rules when instead they could write one set of rules for wound accounting or turn structure right um, I'm going to disagree with you. I totally see it at, well, I guess I don't know if I'm disagreeing with you, but I, I don't look at that and say, why would they do that? I look at that and say, that's what I fully expect them to do. So you think there's just going to be different force construction with like yep. limitations and things at each point yep. level. Absolutely. But think about how many pages of rules that means they have to add. I mean, they have, they have to add 30 to 40 pages of rules. Probably. No, no, you don't. All you need is a different picture of a force org chart. No, because I don't think that in a in a in a patrol game it, you can't have ten man intercessor squads in both, right? Like it just doesn't work. Like it does not work. Uh, I well, don't. Well, this I think part of it part of it, Kevin, is that I I also don't believe that GW can do it effectively. So maybe that's why I see it as a ineffective approach um because i i just i just don't believe that they're going to pull it off well and and that's part of me i i just i just don't believe that they're going to do it in an effective way and i so without 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 a major without it being an entirely different game i don't think they can do it well grimdark future works with alternating activations and it for for all I, I haven't played Grimdark Future. I've fully immersed myself in it over the last week or so, like reading message boards and like reading battle reports. And people say it feels like fourth ed forty k with alternating activations. Well, so my my thing it can is, be done. And the thing is, is if 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 we go back to look at what we said in the beginning of this podcast, that where Age of Sigmar is the the test bed for forty k. Age of Sigmar is. I go, you go, or not? It I is. go, yeah, or it is. is or well, yeah, I, it's I go you here, go. Here, here's the thing with I go you go. That is the game's identity, right? We just spent all this time talking about Infinity and how Code One was going to be in, Infinity, 
you know, the soul but easier to get into, but right. the soul of infinity. I feel like if you take away I go, you go, you lose that identity of 40K. I don't but think so. I don't think you do because, uh, and again, I'm going to be of the positive on this because they did it with Kill Team. Yeah, now, Kill, Team. Kill Team is not representative of 40K. It's, it's I, not. You don't, you, you cannot play Kill Team and say, yes, I feel like I'm playing 40K. No, I, 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 I agree and I disagree. I, I agree from the standpoint of like, yes, it does not feel like it's 40K in terms of that mass battle, but it does work in terms of like, I feel like I'm still in the 40K universe. I'm still yeah. playing 40K. Yeah. See, I, I fully disagree with you on that. It felt nothing like 40K to me. It didn't feel anything like that sci-fi universe of 40K. It felt like it, it didn't have that, identity of being in that grim dark world. Oh, okay so then 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 paul so i think that means that you're out on on alternating activations and that's fine right like because the other way they account for it is the way that apocalypse does and so i don't know if you know about how apocalypse works but apocalypse is i go you go but the way that it, 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 it it's the way that wounds are handled is that you put tokens next to models or next to, to groups of models to indicate how many wounds that that squad or that element has taken. Uh, and then you get your turn. And then at the end of the round, you remove casualties from both sides. See, I see it. I, I, I absolutely see it keeping the core, the core gameplay and going to something like that more than taking away I go you go and doing alternating activation. I just I just can't see them doing that. And like I, it's it's I, I, not I, I, it's not 40k at this point and this isn't meant to be you know this is meant to be kind of like a code 1 to N4, right? It's it's got to be it's got to feel like 40k or else it would just be a different Kill game. team part 2. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to keep that soul of of 40k all right but i i think though that to, to bring it back to what i was talking about the only way they can balance the games to have small size all the way up to big games is to take one of these two approaches or maybe there's a third option that i'm not thinking about right but like looking at what they've done and what they've tested to work right because they've tested right. i go they've tested alternating activations and they've tested this uh wound accounting for apocalypse and i i really think that that's the way that you balance it the only way that they have that balance scales i think is by taking one of these two approaches or at least those are the two most obvious ways they go i mean i yeah. as much as I, I i i want to be optimistic i i do feel like paul is right i feel like they're not going to go and it's and i and i don't think it's for the reason you say i don't think it's because of the fact that they can't do it that they're not capable of doing it if they're going out of their way and they're working with all these other peoples to make their their scenarios better and taking that feedback and working with other people i think that they are fully capable of working with those people and figuring out a way to turn 40k into an alternating activations game but i agree with you i i paul i, I think that they won't do it because of the fact that 40k has always been this way and it will always yeah. stay that way i think you guys have convinced me that they're not going to flip from i go you go i just hope that they do something to prevent the like uh the the just like overwhelming advantage of going first in yes. 40k right? it, that has always uh, been a thing and it needs to be fixed yeah um, like I've read some things that people at tournaments were like, I looked at the guy's army and I knew that if I didn't get first turn, that I probably wouldn't have a chance in the game. Like that makes, that makes me never want to go near 40 K. 
Uh, well, but that's the, that's how GW games have always been, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and they've never seemed to care that that's a thing, right? Like, like that's just how those games function, and and part of the list building and, and all that. Like, that's just like it's mo- it's it's an effect of model bloat, right? There's just too many possible combinations, and eventually, you know, you're you're gonna if you're rock, you're gonna hit your paper. Sure. Well, all right, let's move on then. Because I, I think where we're at is that they're probably not going to flip from I go, you go, but all of us hope that they do something to, to tip the first player advantage. Uh, they, they, have, they have to do more than just adjust the, the types of units that you can bring or limiting them. Yes, agreed. They have or, to do more. They or, have like to go the, further than that. or like the drop pot yeah. change they made in 8th edition. They have yeah, to go they, further. So then, yeah, they need, to, they need to do something. I just... Uh, I, I just don't believe it'll be done. All right, on to the next. On to the next one. <laughs> You're just gonna get my blood boiling. Yeah. So they, I'm going full curmudgeon. All right. I mean, that's fine. We're all we all sort of are. They so they they've changed strategic reserves. That's the next one. Now I don't really know. I mean, outside of the fact that you leave, it's like drop troops, right? Or or like the gene stealers that pop out of hive right. and shit, right? Uh, right. They're changing the way strategic reserves work. Uh, basically, they didn't really give any indication at all as to how the rules are changing, uh, other than, like, they were like, if you think you're the craftiest among your friends, prove it with our new strategic reserves rules. So I don't know how much we can talk about it, other than, uh, boy, did they really have to, like, do a lot of duct tape bullshit fixes to drop troops in 8th edition. Yep, and it still didn't work in the end. Yeah, so hopefully they've, they've figured out how to make that better. Well, and it's and it sounded like like and maybe I'm wrong, but it, I I kind of got the feeling like they were were not limiting you to certain parts of the table, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, the the, the, the previous you, you, rules you, is like you have to drop more than nine inches away, right, so that you can't have automatic charges. Uh, right. Like there's there there are like lots of different rules, and and it, it just made for a lot of jank, like people taking giant clusters of units and like spreading them exactly far enough to be in coherency so that you had nowhere to deploy your reserves. Like, so, you know, hopefully they've taken that, that stuff into account and they've written better rules that, I mean, and, I, that, and that's, and that's exactly what it sounded like. It sounded like they were trying to give the person with drop troops more options uh, to get their troops out there. Cool. Which is a good thing. Because it's a good it, thing, it, right? Because yeah. the melee phase yep. in 40 K sucks right now. So uh, hopefully they're fixing that. Yeah. And I, I mean, and they're, they're sticking to point on it by bringing out chain swords on Primaris Marines, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there. Um, do you have anything, Chris, you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, the, my only thing was, is that uh, if it's, if it's anything like what they describe it in the rule, the fluff, I mean, honestly, just have your drop troops come in there and have a part of the game that it's an impact and blow shit up as like a, like a bombardment. Boom. Done. <laughs> I mean, we'll see, right? We'll see. Uh, the next two, I mean, I think that one and the next two, we're not going to have a ton to say about, but the next one was big guns, never tire, which, you know, like before, before we go on to big guns real quick, one thing I want to say about the drop troops though, and, and you just made me think of this, Chris, is that that part of the challenge I think there is that you need to make drop troops where they're effective but not too effective yeah they can't just drop in and erase stuff yeah yeah and and that's just it like you you want to be able to give the other players some type of agency in handling them and hey hey paul it's a really tough balance having wound accounting at the end of the round really really helps there so yeah absolutely i think i i i'm uh, you're probably on to something with that because you're right because that is a fantastic way of being able to handle that. Yep. Yep. 
Um, so, but we'll see, right? Yep. Uh, all right. The next one. Right, big guns. Big guns never tire. Uh, explosives do max hits. And I think this is another one onto that end of round wound accounting because otherwise you're just like why even bring 90 cultists when a tank can just go boof and erase uh giant sections of the chaff units that you brought in a single shot right uh because because right because what they're implying there is that maybe in in what are we in eighth edition in eighth edition you might roll to see how many wounds there are and you might get two out of six well it's in like ninth a edition you're gonna get the six yes it's like a, a gun does d6 hits right so you have to like roll for how many hits you're gonna get and then you have to roll to hit for how many you rolled uh and here it just seems like you're if you if you roll explosives you're just gonna get the number of hits that come on explosive ammo okay they did say hits then right hits max hits okay. Okay, so you still be rolling for wounds. Correct. Yeah, as, as for me, as long as they don't bring templates back, I'm good. Yeah, they'll have to figure something yeah, I was out. A little, originally, I was afraid that it was a template. Yeah, thing, templates. But... Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what it means. It but, could be. Um, hope. I mean, them, templates are fine, but hopefully not. Uh, oh, not. They are not fine. <laughs> I mean, they work in in some games. They're great in Guild Ball. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, but that's like a whole different. Yeah, 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 setup. yeah, 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 yeah. Trust, yeah. trust me. Playing, playing fifth edition uh, as Tyranids, uh, I learned very quickly to hate template rules. Oh, because like fire flamethrowers against them, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, big guns never tire. Explosive stuff do max hits. I think that's another that's another tick in the the wound accounting at the end of the round theory. Um, but we shall see. Uh, so here, here's the here's the other thing real quick attached to that right is they talked about hordes yeah right and it kind of felt like they were going to be uh, reducing maybe the effectiveness of, of hordes? hordes because because when you were look when we were looking at you know going into eighth edition suddenly little horde units were freaking amazing oh yeah people are bringing like a hundred plague bears or whatever or yeah like yeah like cultists. I I I had never I had never used a scarab before. You know, and suddenly they were all over my list because there was just no reason to not bring them because they were just so damn good. Like, and you always ended up with a million of them in every Necron box. Taoists having like thirty drones, forty. Dude, drones. I, exactly. So same idea. So so it's it's you know kind of interesting that they're doing that, but again, to me, I look at it suspiciously. Right, it's just another unit that's been overpowered that's now going to be not worth bringing. Because of changes, right? Well, we'll see. So we shall see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, so I don't, I don't I think, think we know. Enough I think yet. that goes into conspiracy theorist um, a, approach to to how you know cliche GW. Man, feel bad for the guy things. who bought a hundred cultists out of five cultist boxes for ten dollars. Well, fuck him. That's GW. <laughs> I mean, Fair. he's not wrong. Fair. 40k player dumps um, thousands of dollars on the table to prove they win, right? Like that, whatever. Yeah, that, exactly. that Onion article. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, aircraft take flight. Uh, you know, I, I all I know is that the air-based rules in 8th edition suck or aren't particularly great, so they're saying they fixed the air rules. Uh, I understand that that was needed, uh, because you know you'd have like an Eldar player that their whole fucking list was like four planes, uh, and it was really just janky and broken. Uh, so I'm glad to hear they fixed that. I don't know what it means, uh, but they fixed it apparently. 
felt like they were trying to say that, hey, you're going to actually get to play with your Well, that's what it felt like to me, too, was that it was like, hey, you know, those airplanes that are sitting collecting dust for you that you haven't been able to play, you can play them now. That's yeah, I, that's yeah, how the I, video I, felt I, I, to me. Yep. I think there were there were two classifi- classifications of flying units, some that were super good and then all the other ones that like like what's the the Corvus Black Star, right? Like that badass model that no one uses. That you know the one that's in my closet collecting dust that it's never yeah. seen the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and so so I, I'm I'm wondering like my thinking on that because they talked about being able to do essentially a bombing run and then be able to turn around and and do it again. Uh, I, I'm wondering if they're going to do old Warhammer Fantasy cavalry type abilities where you could fly off the table and then fly back on, you know, like being off the oh. table doesn't destroy you. Oh man, those were such good rules for fantasy. I forgot about those. Well, yeah, we'll and see. and it and it totally works for it for does. It, it makes sense. And, and I always wondered why that wasn't a thing. And so I and I, it, I feel like that's a place that so that that thematically that does make if, sense. I like it. it. And if they link those rules to the strategic reserves, such that when your plane flies off the table, it becomes a strategic reserve, and to bring it back on, you have to do whatever you do to bring strategic reserves back on, like spend cp boy that makes a lot of sense i like i yeah i wasn't even going to that level i just i was just thinking hey it's something you bring on but that makes it again a resource that you have to spend to do it to do the power which balances it out i like that idea yeah yeah and and you're being punished for fucking up right right Right. but it's not like oh there goes it's not like you uh right you're not you're punished but you're not you're not penalized too much to the point where you're completely fucked over but it also removes the exploitiveness of making the planes too strong correct yep yeah because if they just fly off and come back on then they're just yeah then you gotta you're just like you're continuously strafing the battlefield and then like what yeah exactly what are you doing right yeah let's hope they do that that sounds good yeah yeah we'll we'll see right we'll see what they have done all right, so that's the nine things. We talked about the nine things. Uh, so far, it sounds like we're all pretty mixed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so, mixed, so far, mixed what, leaning what negative. That, what, that, what that tells us, Kevin, is that nobody was buying tanks. Nobody yep. was buying, buying planes. jets. Right? And nobody was buying um, close combat units. Or big guns. Or big guns. And and nobody was using nobody was buying terrain kits. Expensive terrain kits. Exactly. That's 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 the important takeaways here (laughs) if if we're gonna be conspiratorial GW criticizers, right? Those things were not selling. Oh fair. (laughs) Paul took the Paul took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) All right. Uh uh fair. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, so th- that's one of the ways that I viewed the video, right? Was 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 that they were almost exactly explicitly telling us what they haven't been selling. Yeah, boy, I, I hate I hate that you're right about that. <laughs> that makes you me, know as me... as a war gamer, I hate that I'm right about that too. I want to go take a shower. Me, <laughs> I was just gonna say it makes me feel dirty Ugh. that that that. A, a company is that exploitive, and people just lap it up. Well, I mean, we we, we say that as people who who have frequently been, ex- been going to Disney World every year. 
Shh. That's different. My kids get enjoyment out of that. There's a completely different thing. No. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole other like I can I can defend that, but I feel like that's a whole other episode. I don't episode. know. I feel like a, a 40k player no. can defend 40k to No, like, I'm, Paul, I'm so, I'm sorry. We can't defend it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not really defensible. It's in this, not. I, I think I I really I really think it's pretty close to apples to apples to apples. <laughs> the the hypocrisy <laughs> level has just gotten to the realness yeah. right here. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Uh, but anyway, um, it, it still does feel a little gross. Um, okay, so let's talk about some other stuff before we wrap up into final thoughts. Uh, another thing they showed was new models. Uh, and you know how we, I think we, we have all agreed uh, in, in episodes past that Games Workshop is basically like in the business of making some of the best plastic kits that money can buy. Uh, Absolutely. And they generally make very good models. So let's talk about the models they showed us. Uh, Assault Intercessors. I like them. Uh, I mean, they're 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 prime. They're intercessors with chain swords that are running. I mean, and they, dude, they are dynamic as that fuck. dynamic pose. pose well, they have, they just they I think show, on they the, the squad too. They have a squad of them, and every one of them is dope. Well, so yeah. so there is a, a Warhammer Ninth Edition website up, and they're putting up more pictures onto it and they put up the i think what's probably going to be the box art for the the, the five-man team for it mm-hmm. and yeah they, they they they're much more closer up pictures than we've gotten in any of the videos and yeah they they look great i mean this they're primaris marines they look beautiful there's nothing yeah, you can dope. say about them they just there's... primaris primaris marines look good what say what you will about rules and whether they should be in the game or not you know that's fine but they still are gorgeous models yeah yeah Speaking of the uh, the that the 40k site, one of the first pictures on it is like a full ultramarine ultramarine all Primaris army, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it's just amazing. Anyway, the, so those the, we like those new models, those new assault space marines. I think for sure that that, that they're sweet, man, real cool. Um, so another one they showed uh, was the uh, new bikes. Uh, yes. Primaris spikes, long overdue. Um, they're pretty boxy, but I think they're pretty cool looking. Uh, I mean, if, like I, I, we were talking about it on the Discord earlier today. I mean, I think it's a good uh, upgrade from the original um, bike, Space Marine bikes, without going, you know, jump of the shark too much. So I, I think that they did a, a decent job with them. I know somebody was saying like, "Hey, there's no headlights, there's no windshield." I'm like. You're in armor that most likely has night vision goggles built into the lenses. What do you need headlights and a windshield for? Here's here's my thing with that, and it really bugs the shit out of me. You always have space marines without helmets. You know how many bugs they're going to get in their eyes? They're not going to be able to see shit. I know. As a motorcycle rider, you're right, man. You yes. got, you got you to have eye protection on a motorcycle. Especially like, on a battlefield. At least give them goggles or something. There's like <laughs> mortar fire going off and dust in the air. Like, what are they doing? They filter it all out with their, I, I don't know. Their gene seed eyes? I'm the, sure. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even going to begin to try and like. Are they are they like alligators where they have a special lens over? No, they're like I'm working too hard to make this work. They got they got salamander tongues, so you know they get the dirt on there. They just lick (laughs) it right off. 
So they they also showed that like uh, Inqui- Inquisition looking Space Marine guy with that big giant sword that said like Exterminatus or whatever on it. That guy's bad fucking ass. Yeah, he. Yeah. I, everything except for his helmet or his head. I don't like the head, but oh, I can. No, I see, can. Looks like it says Terminus. The, the, terminus. The, the, but the head looks like a Grey Knight helmet. I think that's. I think they were. No. Leaning, they were like really hinting at new Grey Knights. Well, they so no, they they finally put out so the what we were seeing before was leaked images of the the three D printed ones. They've put out an actual like uh, full color print picture of it now, and it oh, is the it's Judicar. You're uh, right. the Judicar, it's he flesh ultramarine, yeah. It's flesh with like uh like he's wearing like you know a COVID nineteen mask. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, it. pretty much. I see it. Boo. Anyway, um. <laughs> It's still pretty cool. He's still pretty cool. No, he's. Man. I mean, honestly, the combination of him and the new what are they called? The new uh, somebody just put it up on Instagram. I, so they got a name for the new guys with the sh- the space rings with the shields. Um, I follow a guy on Instagram, Rod's Minis. They he posted up and they so it's a new. They got shields and power swords. They look really good too. They're big they chunky guys. Uh, yep. But my, the only thing is. The only thing is they've got these big pistols and they're probably like, I don't know if they're grav pistols or, or if they're, they actually kind of look like they're bringing some of the Warhammer 30 K tech in. Uh, I think it was Volcantic uh, pistols is what they had in 30 K. If I remember, if I remember correctly, um, that's what they kind of look like. So I don't know if they're, gra- I feel like those have been around in 40 K though. Right. Because like I've never played 30 K, but that sounds familiar to me. They may have been, but not in a space Marine fashion in 40 K since since fourth edition, since I've been playing, um, it could have been in Rogue Trader or third edition. I'm not sure, um, or second edition, but uh, but that's what they look like. But they've given them holsters for them, and they're literally from like hip below the kneecap is how long these holsters are, and they're just comically large, and they're off putting to me. They look, they're just okay. I don't like Fair the holsters. Enough. Fair enough. Um, let's move on from the Marines though, because it, it looks like the, uh, the ninth edition box is going to be space Marines versus Necrons. Yep. Blade, uh, uh, blade guard veterans. That's what they're called. Sorry. They're cool though. Those guys, those blade guard veterans, those shields yeah. are neat. Um, all right. So the new Necrons, um, I want Paul, you're, you're a long time Necron player. So I want you yeah. first, I want your spit take on these, uh, these new Necron models. Okay, first thing I saw was the Man-Eye Moody-Eye, and that just, I don't know why, but I can't not focus on that. Like, I feel like it's one of those things that I look at and I can't unsee. So the new Necron uh, Warrior, lu- one of the heads. Yeah, but lu- luckily, well, luckily the thing is, though, like, like I've seen other pictures of other sculpts, and it's not all of them. No, it's so just that, that's the head, he- right, for that one. Right, but I'm wondering is like maybe he's meant to be like the captain or something like that. Sure. You know what I mean? His reanimation um, protocols are maybe going a couple times too many. Yeah, something like yeah, something along those lines or like it's some type of intelligent thing. So, um I mean the the new sculpts for the warriors they're okay. Hey, um, no I'm more gonna dude, miss... no no more plastic rods. Is that cool? Do you like Man, that? You know? No, I like the plastic rods. I've always liked the plastic rods. To me that made them stand out. Um but on the other hand, now those guns actually uh, match the heavy version, mm-hmm. um, which is which is good for consistency on the on the immortals. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of cool, and that's and that's the direction those types of uh, the Goss guns have been 
uh, going on all the more recent sculpts that haven't come out since like you know two thousand one. Um, so that's cool. I, I, I do like that it that it will give a more consistent look. Uh, but I, I will miss those little plastic rods because I don't know that to me Fair that neat. just kind of made Necron stand out. Um, and the big guys are kind of cool. Uh, the the dreadnought one though, uh, like much like the holsters, uh, Potter was talking about the the weapons are comically large. <laughs> yeah, they're and, very big. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it and it and it and it kind of has has moved away from being large and imposing to being like large and not funny funny. Yeah, so we're talking you about know, the, unintentionally the, the score peck lord is the one you're talking about with like the yeah the giant hanging metal phallus and the two huge weapons. Yeah, it's like it's like it's gone beyond like you know like when you watch a movie and it's not meant to be funny but it's freaking hilarious. I feel like it fits into into that. Right, it's like a bad. The rest of the models. Yeah, the yeah exactly. The rest of the model is freaking awesome though. Like that's a really cool looking model. But there's, but uh, it may and maybe it's because they tried to get all three weapon options on one guy, so it looks. No, even more I think ridiculous. that's how. I bet I they have know. more than three weapons options. I bet that's just how they look. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it's like a heavy goss, and then you know, like a flayed one claw, and and then some, some type big of... hacks thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like it looks like a giant razor with a, I don't know, pulse cannon on it or something. like oh, that. Oh God, I didn't even so, realize it does look like a, a razor blade. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks like it looks it's like you, you know razor. they're shaving. Yeah. Um. So so I mean that's okay. Like, um, I do really like the the big giant like. Uh, I don't even know how to say it. I guess it's like a altar type thing. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The one the with altar, the, the altar oh. with the two shields off to the sides of it. Yeah, and it's like it's I, like I, eating. I love that. Yeah, it's a it's you know got the katan at the top that's kind of like being powered. Yep. Um, and then how about how about the other giant, katan, the yeah. one that's like angel wings flying kind of deal guy. Yeah, my 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 neon genesis uh senses are tingling a little bit on him. Uh feel like like they look like the the white angels from the movie. They do. He does. Which I, which I really like. Like I'm not criticizing that. Like I like that. Yeah, the and if you look series, at the yeah. if you look at the model, it's one of those amazing GW design models because he's floating and being supported by the by the spine, uh, goss type stuff. Yeah, the, sp- yeah. the spine and the goss. If yeah, if, if if you actually, I don't think the spine's attached to anything. Like like I guess it's attached to the goss that's then supporting them. Yeah. So it's it's pretty phenomenal the way it goes together. Like if if I didn't know that that was going to be like a hundred and forty dollars, I'd be into buying that. Yeah. But since it's like going to be that hundred forty dollar model, I I don't think I can justify the new. I'm assuming that's a new. Uh, monolith, really like the look of the new monolith. Yeah, um, the new monolith looks badass, and those War of the Worlds looking walkers are also badass. Yeah, I do like that. That's probably my favorite thing. I'm not so sure about the 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 chunky destroyer. Uh, yeah, but also I didn't notice these other things right in front of that monolith. Like they look like I don't know what they are. They they almost look like the Canoptic spiders, but with a more of a warrior leg kind of thing. They're pretty cool looking. Yep, there's there's look a whole like bunch of be, new kits. Yeah, but, and they got some like razor bladey like Tyranid type uh, arms to them. So th- those might be. Pretty then there's cool there's that thing that's standing right in front of the destroyer as well too. 
Yeah, it looks like it's gonna. It looks like a a new um like a new uh, uh, lord kit maybe. Yeah, yeah. like a, it's it's probably a character lord, but he's kind of interesting because I can't tell if he's floating, um, because of the angle of all his yeah. like, decorations. I think he's standing. I, I think he is standing, but it, yeah, it's it's hard Either to tell. Either way, they're pretty dope, man. I I think yeah. on on the whole, I, I like think em. the new Necron range looks pretty sweet. Yep. Um. I I yeah. It's again the warrior the warrior goss guns uh, matching the immortals is kind of cool. Um. And uh, I, I don't I don't I don't know about the weird like shoulders on them, but again, that matches the the. Immortals a little bit better than the old ones. And let's be honest, the Necron um, range needed a refresh. Oh, absolutely! Like, like, because there's a there's a major difference between the stuff that came out the last time Necrons got models and their old warriors. That I think, I mean, I think those have been around since like '01. That warrior kit. Yeah, long. Yeah, time. it's it's yeah, it's the be end of third edition, beginning of fourth edition. Yeah, so that's like Ooh. a turn of the century kit. Yeah old so yeah i mean the models look great um i just you know i just feel like um and this goes back to us kind of hitting on the the price adjustments earlier um like and and part of it for me is like you know gw is trying to keep all their same type of models in the same price range and i guess that creates a better profit margin for them but like there's nothing wrong with having things at different price settings so if you come out with something later and it's a little pricier uh, you know, like have that one be pricier. I don't think anybody's going to get mad about that. Um, so I, you know, and, and seeing that all the big models were getting a price increase, we're on that, we're on that list, you know, all the $110, $130 models. So I'd imagine that this new Catan thing is going to be whatever that new price range is. And that's really expensive, even though it's a beautiful model. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking that's probably going to be 100, you know, 140, 140 140 140 145, 160. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, even that War of the Worlds looking thing is probably going to be in that same range. And that's just really, like, I, I just have a hard time plopping that much down at once. For a single model? Yeah. I mean, even if, I mean, well, I mean, to be honest with you, like, at this point in my life, I just kind of feel like, I have a hard time plopping that much down at once for for anything gaming related. Sure. So that's kind of that's kind of my thing. Like, yeah, they're cool, but I'm never going to to spend the money on it. Yeah. Well, all right, all right. Let's move on from models. Keep us going here. So because we're already going long in the tooth here, um, and just talk about two more things, and then we'll we'll ra- we'll wrap it up. Instead of final thoughts, we'll do what it would take us to try it or buy it. Uh, one thing to mention, though, is that the codices that are out now are all supported. So that means like your points values and all that stuff, right? As long as you've got the current fact and errata, like all that stuff is still good. So I think wow. that's pretty cool. Yep, that's. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's because actually huge the... for them. Yeah. What that the fact that the well, not, not yeah. really because they've always no because you when I played. When I played fifth edition, I have most of fifth edition. I played my fourth edition codex. Well, they did. Correct. They didn't. They didn't do that from seventh into eighth. Correct. Right? They had. They, they had right. The right. But, but it's it's and, huge. And, that, and I think that was the right move. No, no, no. I think the right move was just rebalancing everything. No, see, it's it's huge for them because they've never done a forty k revamp without putting out a brand new space marine codex. 
They've never well, done let's, that. Let's not let's not get too too let's not excited. Get too far on that. I mean, you they, know they, that's coming because they're they're probably going to have five or six new Space Marine kits coming out with this edition. I mean, we know we've seen oh, they'll come four. out with a book. They'll come out with a book. So they'll have a book. Yeah, but it will. But will it be a all inclusive codex? Book? Maybe. Uh, I mean, the Necrons are going to get a new codex, and when that codex comes yeah, out, it'll validate. But that's, what, but that's what I'm saying. One. Will it be a Will it be like a campaign book that will have the new oh, Necron no, models no, and the new no, Primaris no, models no, in it? No, no, there'll be codexes that invalidate the last ones. Um, yeah, but but which which one of the things I liked going from seventh to eighth was that they readjusted everything. Yeah, but if they're building the same, if the the ninth edition is just a tweak of the eighth edition rules, so it's the same system. Yeah, so, well, then there's I mean, no I, need to do it because that's we'll the reason why they it, didn't right? do it before. Because it was every from four from third to fourth to fifth to sixth to seventh was basically the same engine. Yeah, but but there was enough changing that it certainly you could feel the factions that had it switched and had unintended advantages. Because oh, of that. Trust, like the Tyranids trust me, I know. Going into 5th edition, I was still playing a 3rd edition Space Wolf Codex. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I don't like that. I do not approve of that. I think I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they aren't taking the approach that they did going into 8. I think the problem is, though, that they have, they have, you know, outside of us, right? You have to remember, like, we represent the minority of miniatures gamers. Like, people who only play games that aren't made by Games Workshop. Um... That the and that they're on a tidal wave of goodwill right now, uh, and they have the largest player base they've probably ever had, uh, because so many people came back for eighth and stayed. Um, so I I think they can't afford to release a, a new set of indices and invalid, especially since they're in the middle of this the psychic awakening campaign, and they've got like like three more books coming out like in in the process of launching ninth edition i just don't think they could do it um they they had no choice they basically put themselves in a position where they had to keep the current codexes valid right but they didn't have to put themselves in that position oh no I it's know. not like that's somebody's true. forcing that's them true. to put out a new edition yeah that's true and i and i well, will say this is probably the quickest turnaround in a 40k edition uh, no, so, so that's uh, I, I was months. I was about I was about to say that with with the exception of six to seventh I forgot about that for a second but that was because sixth edition was garbage it was so bad well we'll see what happens but, I mean this nine, this right? continues with the with the every other year getting either an age of sigmar or 40k so I, I'm guessing that that we're going to constantly see four year cycles on each game we shall see yeah um, and I'm okay right. with that. So the next thing to talk about is that the 40K universe is going to have its own app. Uh, if it's anything like the AOS app, there's only good things that come from that. The AOS app is probably one of the best resources that AOS players have. That app is badass. It's, you know, in wargaming apps, it's one of the best. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 no, it's no Infinity Army, um, but it's quite good. It's a good app, it, but it's a, it's, okay. it's a monthly $2 charge. Right. Is it two bucks it's, now? Wow. It was. I think it was two dollars when I had well, it back when I was. I, no, it was, I thought it was ninety nine. Okay. I found it hard to use. I didn't like the way it functioned. But oh, it, it, it took a little bit. It took a little bit to get used to for the Age of Sigmar one. But my my only issue was cool. I'm all for paying developers for their products. I'm all for that. But is there a need for that to be a subscription based model? Just charge me five dollars at the beginning and let it speed over with. Like, it's a price adjustment. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, um, I, I'm saying I will pay them for it. Like, I will pay you. 
I, I understand that, but you know. But a monthly, they, a monthly, a monthly. I'm paying twelve dollars to have a subscription for this for the whole year. Yes, and that's going to make them more money in the long run because if you pay ten dollars once, you know you're not paying that twelve dollars every you know, oh, I know year for four I years. Know. I know. Um. So so here's here's part of my here's here's another thing I just wanted to bring up real quick, Kevin, is that you know you're talking about the 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 best goodwill that GW's had with its customers in a while. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of kickback from the way they worded their price increases. Oh yeah, they were that did not go well. No, because of the kind of the the whole like. Well, I mean, I think the, dude, the, 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 the this whole thing we're talking about now was the sugar that helps the medicine go down, right? <laughs> like. Probably, like that was definitely <laughs> intended, but but you know, like it's different if it's if it's different if they do it and don't blow smoke up their ass. Yeah, but the problem, the right, pro- like if they if they just come out and say, "Hey, these kits are going to see a price increase," I think they get a lot less flack than saying we're making price adjustments. Hey, look, there's three thousand kit, you know, Warhammer products. Only four hundred of them are going to see increases, so really nothing's changing. Yeah. But the, I hear, like yeah. just just that language on that, like just come out and call it what it is, because you're not adjusting them. Nothing's coming down. You're not adjusting things based on inflation or changing things for different regions. Don't call it what it's not. Yeah. Don't be assholes. Just call it a fucking price increase and be done with it. Like just calling it what it is would have gotten them a lot less flack. Because then it'd be like, oh look, GW's raising prices again. They do that every year with a bunch of jerks. Yep. And then everyone just moves about their day. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. and I will. I will say that there is. I will say a large. There is still a large part of the population that are just have become so numb to these price incre- adjustments. And, and the other thing um, is, remember, like we're talking about like a crew of people, right? Like we're, we're talking about a consumer base. That, and I do this too. I'm guilty of this too. When we see a kit, like they release something like. Uh, that the kit they released with Chaos Space Marines versus regular Space Marines not too long ago, right? Uh, it, or, or like um, Forge Bane, right? The Necron versus uh, Adeptus Mechanicus box. And we're like, ooh, look at that. They released a $170 box with $340 worth of profit. I could save X amount of money. Like, we fool ourselves with that bullshit all the time. Uh, sure, sure, we do. And, you know, but here's here's the thing. Like... At what point does the attrition become too much? Or are there just enough new people coming in that are starting at a higher price level and are just accepting these these incremental increases and aren't seeing that codexes were, you know, $18 I mean, the, the thing is, here's point. the thing. Like, I feel like the joke of you when you walk in and, and there's like a, a store and there's a staff member in that store, right? That doesn't really play Warhammer. They don't really understand miniature gaming. They're just like, man... Some guy came in and spent like $500 on Warhammer 40K stuff. Can you fucking believe that? Like, it's been like that since I was a kid. Like, yep. uh, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I'm but, not trying to defend the price increases, but like having comically expensive models has kind of always been GW's MO. Right. But he, but here's my here's the thing that this is what bothers me about GW versus other companies. The I'm looking at, I'm at Privateer Press's website right now. And right. I and I have gone to their store and I am looking at the storm the Stormguard plastic kit that came out in 2012. This gave you enough models to run the whole unit, so it's a 10 man kit. 
before yeah. they before they got any of their upgrades and everything later on down the road. This uh-huh. kit was released December first, two thousand twelve. It was okay. released at forty nine ninety nine. We are now right. here eight years later, and it still is still forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. There's okay, here's here's the that. thing. Here, talking about price adjustment, real quick. Looking at at privateer, one of the things that was shocking, shocking, shocking to me was when they the. Uh, uh, Oh, I can't even think of what they're called. The Wolfmen from Circle Orboros. Uh, when that unit went from metal to plastic. Got a price reduction. I was shocked. I was, yes. They went from, from being like a, a 60 or $70 kit for like five guys and then having to buy another blister to being 49 bucks. That's a price and that's, adjustment. And that's not the only one. There's been multiple kits that went from metal to plastic that they did see a price reduction when they went from metal to plastic. Because and the the Stormguard are one because it was like fifty bucks to buy eight metal ones, and then you had to buy two additional blisters at like twelve dollars a pop or ten dollars a pop, whatever it was. So twenty twenty dollars or twenty four dollars to get the or the the no sorry it was six models in the core set. Then you bought four more to get a full ten ten man unit, which and the blisters were two two men apiece. So you're spending sixty on the core, and then another twenty to twenty four. So you're spending eighty to eighty four dollars on one unit, and then boom, they go plastic, and they went down to fifty. Right, and that, and that, yeah, and and you know that's not something you would ever see here. So I mean, it's po- it's obviously possible to do. So I I don't know. It it just I I hate and it. I, and I, I, hate I, it. I hate the I hate the language that they used and the way they tried to to be all like, oh, we're adjusting prices. Bullshit. I mean, the thi- you're raising them. Just be honest. I mean, the thing is, is honestly, if we look at it when it comes down to GW pricing, we could be Australia. Those yeah, guys get fucked. get fucked. All right. All right. All right, guys. Enough. Real sin, Kevin. Real sin. Enough. Real sin. enough. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Sorry. I'll put the soapbox uh, away for a second. Games Workshop stuff is expensive, everybody. In case you didn't know, they let you know. Shit's a lot of money. Uh, uh, all right. So uh, what would it take for us to play this game? Can I go first? Yes. So I can get it. Uh, stop overhyping your products stop the predatory business practices reduce your prices and build a games rule set that's decent so two of those three things will never happen so you're not playing 40k paul the way the way that the way that i play ninth edition 40k is if what i already have on hand is viable Cool. Uh, you know what my answer is, Paul? What? The same as yours. Uh, yeah. If if I can buy the ninth edition book and use my Adeptus Custodes models and codex and play them and not get fucking raffle stomped off the table, I'm going to give the game a shot, like a real shot. I'll really play it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I will play it if I can if I can. But here's the thing: I'm not based on previous experience with GW and the fact that Necrons are getting a shit ton of new models. Well, here 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 here. I'm not convinced. Let's say let's say but Paul. Let's I'll say, do it. Let's, but I will I will I will look at it. I will see what. happens. Let's say Paul, if the two player starter came out right, and the mm-hmm. the, the so the the uh, I can't remember the name of the last one. Damn, that's embarrassing. Anyway, the the new two player big. This is Battle, Ninth Battle of McCraig. That wow. Was like, so, older much older not the most recent one dark 
not Dark Vengeance either. That's still that's seventh edition. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Battle of McCray. Dark Imperium. Right. Dark Imperium. There it is. Thank you, Potter. So the, new, the ninth edition version of Dark Imperium. That comes out as Necrons and Space Marines. You buy that and split it to get some the new Necron model, some of the new hotness. Uh, is that a possibility? Like, if all you needed to do was buy that thing, right, to get some of the new models so that you could play with the rest of your Necron collection, is that possible? It's it's, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it would depend on the price point. If it's like you know, a million dollars. Well, let's let's no, let's say it has it has to be reasonable. So, I mean, I would imagine it would be there. One fifty one. One fifty, I think, is what we can bet on. One one fifty to one seventy five. That's the that's the standard yeah. these days. Unless it comes with like yeah, a I mean, shitload of terrain. I think 150 to 170 for, you know, like 20 to 25 frames of models. That feels like a, a pretty normal thing for a, a, a two-player starter kit from Games if, Workshop. If, if, I, if, I can, if I can split the, the two-player starter and spend less than... 100? Nine, yeah, less than 100, preferably less than 90. Yep. You know, Maybe. That, 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 yeah, like 80, 80, 80 would be ideal because then I'd feel like I'm buying a decent one-player starter. Um. I could I could definitely give that a go. Cool. All right, that's good to hear. Um, I, and, and I think I'm I'm in the similar boat, right? I have a full Adeptus Custodes arm, ar, ar army, right? I've got six bikes, uh, a set of Terminators, um, four boxes of Custodians or Custodial Guard uh, and Custodians. custodians. <laughs> Wrong and game. The hero, uh, the hero guy with the lion pelt. I can't think of his name. Uh, and a dreadnought, right? So, like, I have plenty right. to play. Uh, right. Uh, and some Virtus. No, Virtus Praetors are the bikes. I don't know. I've got w- one other set of guys, two guys with capes, the f- fancy custodians. Uh, <laughs> you fancy uh, over there. They're, they're fancy custodians. They have capes. And <laughs> they so- work at the private. <laughs> sometimes axes. <laughs> uh, and I, I would play. I think if all I had to buy was a rule book, or if somebody else even better had well, the rule book. aren't the rules going to be free yeah but i, the rule book I, I free, think the so. rule book is free but if it's anything like any other 40k stuff right the campaign rules won't be in there like the things sure, that are interesting sure. to me won't be in there so right. i'll need the hardcover um and then like halfway through the edition they'll put out a new one that you gotta buy so or yeah they'll fack it out of out of viability <laughs> in two weeks yep uh <laughs> but um the yeah anyway that's what it would take for me so that's my final thought my final thought is like i i want you know i want to play uh i I want i want to like it right but i right now don't know that i will yep yep i'm right there with you i i want to like it but there's enough like bad feelings towards it again right yeah won't get fooled again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be the guy that's like ooh, time to go buy all those 40k models i've been looking at i've been wanting a space wolf army since i was 13 years old i should just buy it and no mm -mm, not gonna happen no uh i'll stick with what i've got uh and if what i have works then hey man maybe uh maybe we'll give it a shot cool uh 40k ninth edition we'll probably do another episode once we know what the game is actually like because it's the biggest miniatures game and we have to cover it absolutely sadly we do <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh you want to take us out uh yeah sure um thank you to all of our patrons uh you guys rock we appreciate it um take a if you're not a patron and you are interested in that take a look at our patreon page uh three men in a war game or patreon.com slash three men in a war game uh, thanks to Static is the City for all the music, uh, which is awesome. 
and come join our Discord. It keeps growing, and it's amazing. Uh, can't, can't get enough of it. And thanks for listening. We appreciate you it. You guys are awesome. Ooh, yeah! Snap into a grimdark. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Bye.